Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Dude, uh, Sal... We have a a sub today. Oh we, shit! What are you doing? In- we subbed out. We subbed out the Justin for a, a much more handsome version. He's got longer hair. He's got <laughs> Justin's got more cakes though. He oh, could have he's got cakes, cakes on the. He's, on the he's got you on the cakes. Yeah. No, we have you on because you're, no, you're like our guy that 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 puts together partnerships, um, you know, sponsorships. You're you're helping us find brands that you know we should probably work with, and you brought this particular company to us, Viore. Yes. What? Why? Why? What was it? What was it all about? So one of the things that I wanted to do this year specifically is align with with other companies that I think are doing amazing things in their respective spaces, but that can also add value to our listeners' lives. And one of the areas in one of the categories that we haven't really tapped into yet is the apparel side, the athletic apparel side. Um, you have, uh, what are these guys? Lululemon. Yeah, Lululemon. Right. Started off as a as a female focused company and then transitioned into menswear. And there's nothing really that focused on the men's market. They do women's clothing, too. Um, Unless you're talking about like the staple ones that everybody knows, like Nike and Reebok and right. Which is pretty much all just like athletes, I feel like. Yeah, When you get you need like in your 30s and you you don't really want to wear that anymore. 30s. Well, it's like you you, you need you want other options aside from Nike and Adidas. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, what I liked about it when you first brought over super high quality. Yeah. The the material is next level. Right. So they're using the same or higher quality that Lula is. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's it's very, very high quality stuff. And it's like. Because Lulu kind of made the whole, they invented the whole wear workout clothes like all the time market. Didn't look good, right? Viore, I think, I don't, from what I've seen, so what I've seen, because they've sent us some stuff and I'm wearing it, it's like, it's a whole nother level and it's got that masculine feel to it. So I feel good because Lulu never really felt, I know, I didn't really, it didn't fit with me super. It was good. I liked it. It was great stuff, but it wasn't like, Viore does a better job, I think. There's just something, there's something not not all the way there. And, and I wanted something. I was really... One of the things I'm I'm trying to to do with the brands that we align with is find companies that have very similar values, right? And so Joe, I, I know he's super into ice baths, and he he lives what we talk about. And to have a founder leading a company like that, and to someone who gets our audience, I think this is going to be something that they're going to really be really excited. Well, about. I was really excited about what you presented to me just a couple months ago that I hadn't even thought about because honestly. Being somebody who's kind of looks over a lot of the financials that we're doing, a lot of my concerns is security for us, you know, and advertising money is now become an income for the company that helps support the business. And so I, the way my brain was working is like, okay, I want to look for four or five companies that I think align with our message and then that that's just going to be our brands forever. And one of the things I noticed, and you had pointed it out right away, was just like, you know, 
everybody is doing Thrive. Everybody's doing Organifi. Everyone's doing Four Sigmatic. All of like that. It's like, dude, I want to enter. I want to be different than everybody else. I want to introduce our audience to brands that are that we're into that yeah. we think are cool and rotate through them instead of being stuck with the same brands forever. Let's move them through quarterly like that. And I couldn't agree more with you now. I think it's a I think it's a brilliant strategy. I think our audience will appreciate that. Um, by no means do I think that um, I'm going to try and get in the apparel game and try. No, don't yeah, do that. right. <laughs> <laughs> Sal wanted to, you know, say so he kept telling with you know, with his fashion. You I know? mean, he's got a good style. You know? <laughs> yeah, at some point it circles around and I get it's back in style. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I mean, here's here's the here's how we tend to operate when we bring on a sponsor is. You know, well, before Taylor, before we had Taylor, we would talk to someone. But now that we have Taylor, he finds them, talks with them. They go through his tests. If he thinks it matches with us, then it's then we meet with them. And we're like the final decision makers, right? And we meet with the team that runs the company. And this is after we've already decided that we like the product, by the way. Because, of course, we have to like the product. We have to like it. We have to believe in it. Then we get to meet the people. And if we don't like the people, even if the product is awesome, if we don't like the people... It Fuck them. It's not going to happen. Right, get out if we here. like right. the people and we like the product and everything else works, then we're moving forward. So what you're going to hear in this episode is us interviewing the founder of Viore, um, Joe, is it Kudia or Kudla? How Kudla. Kudla. Is it Kudla? Yeah, K-U-D-L-A. Okay, so Joe Kudla is uh, the, the founder and we're talking to him in this episode and you're going to hear why we like him and we like his company. Um, the product speaks for themselves. So I don't think I need to sell that that much. Go on their website, Viore Clothing. Uh, in fact, it's spelled, I'm going to spell it for you because it's kind of a weird name. V-U-O-R-I clothing.com. Go to vioreclothing.com forward slash mind pump because we did hook up a- 20%. No, it's 25. 25%. 25%. Yeah, 25%. Yeah, a quarter of the price off. 25% off. For uh, mind pump. For, for, for our listeners only. Um, but check it out. Go to their website. Check out their products. They are super high quality, nice looking workout apparel. And I think you guys are all going to like it. So No, I think everyone's going to love it. You guys will enjoy this conversation with Joe. He's definitely our people for sure. Also remember too, all month long that the forum is free access with any of our bundles. So all month long, we are running that special where... Any bundle you guys purchase, you get automatic free access into our form. That's normally $97 that you're saving on. We're just create, we just created some new bundles. So if you haven't been over to the website, make sure you guys go check out mindpumpmedia.com. There you go. So without any further ado, here we are talking to Joe Kudla, the founder of Yori. Now, Joe, I, were you, are you a podcast listener at all? or is it like, I am. Okay, yeah. you are. So yeah. what, what are your typical podcasts that you would listen to now? You know, well, lately it's been Mind Pump. But ah! Boom! But I, before I've been, you know, Joe Rogan. Okay. Um, been listening to him for a long time. But you started listening to us yeah, and now I'm you're like, listening. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason to see anybody <laughs> else after us. Yeah. Uh, Joe's, great. That guy. Joe's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Joe, um, Tim Ferriss, I listen to a lot of entrepreneurial stuff, like how I built this, Entrepreneur on Fire. Um, Shopify has a series on kind of building e-com businesses, and that's oh, I super. Know that. Ooh, off the chip. Is that a good one? Yeah, it's pretty good. They they'll have different guests on that have built really cool, inspiring companies, and they'll just show you little tricks along the way. You know, it's been new territory for me. So hmm. um, now we're we're before we get into your brand and your company, I'd like to dive into you a little bit and your story because, uh, of course, the clothing is awesome, and of course, the, uh, we're excited about all that. But I'm really interested to what what led you in this direction. Um, one, two, because you guys are direct to consumer, right? We're direct to consumer. We started D 2 C, um, but since we've 
kind of morphed into an omni-channel business, which means we sell to um, wholesale accounts as well, like REI, Nordstrom. Um, and then we have a retail store in Encinitas in our backyard. Oh, uh, nice. Well. Mm. So you guys are in REI and Nordstrom now too. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. fucking yeah, that's very awesome. cool. Yeah. So how did this all start? Where did, what were you doing before this and what, what, what made you go this direction? Yeah. So um, about 10 years ago, I was introduced to yoga. I had really hurt my back playing football and lacrosse growing up. I was a really active guy, pretty much just constantly moving and um, developed a lot of pain in my lower back. So a friend suggested I should try yoga and I went to a couple classes and I started feeling a lot of relief. And so I became really devoted to my yoga practice. And it was the first kind of, I would say, restorative thing I had ever done for my body. Mm. And that was really the aha moment. Cause the first question I asked was like, what does a guy wear to yoga? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How long ago was this? Oh man. This was like, uh, you figure that out. I started pr- turning 40 in March and I started practicing at 30. So it'll be about a 10 year. And 10 years ago, cause I've, I've done yoga on and off nowhere. I don't definitely don't have a practice, but I've done it quite a few times. 10 years ago, it was, wasn't very common to see a guy take a yoga class. Now today it's like 30% in a lot of classes, yep. Yep. but before you were by yourself. It was definitely, uh, yeah, it, it was not a lot of guys around. Although I am from this little town called Encinitas. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. I used yeah. to I actually manage the 24 fitness there a long time ago, just uh, for a kidding. month. Yeah. 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 I live right by that. Where that 24 hour fitness was. Oh wow. Was. Okay. Tiny but, little location. Yep. Yep. But, um, you know, Encinitas is a unique town because a lot of guys are into surfing. Yoga is a very popular thing there. Um, but, you know, also there's just tons of professional athletes, professional surfers, triathletes, you know, so it's just a very active, cool, dynamic community. And so, you know, a lot of my friends were into surfing and they were using yoga as a tool to kind of stay in the water and stay flexible and feel good. And, um, you know, there's just weren't a lot of options like Lululemon. Obviously I'll probably say the L word. I'm going to try not to say the L word very much here <laughs> today, but it might slip out. But Lulu was really focused on their women's business at the time. And they had a small men's rack in each store, but it didn't really feel like a, a men's shopping experience and um, really didn't feel like it was made for me. And so a couple of my friends and I just started planting seeds around this idea to bring something to life that, that would really resonate with us and our lifestyle. Now, did you, were you into clothing and fashion and style growing up? I mean, so, um, you know, a lot of people think I've lived nine lives. Um, but one of them actually was working as a model. Um, I went to USD and played lacrosse and the day I graduated, I got on a plane and, and flew to Milan and I spent two and a half years traveling around the world doing runway shows and modeling for different oh, no fashion shit. brands. So it was crazy. And believe me, I've gotten a ton of shit from pretty much every one of my friends hey, for doing that. But you uh, mastered the blue steel, huh? I've mastered the blue steel. <laughs> That's great. That's great, man. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy experience and, um, and one that I definitely f- forever grateful for, but, um, definitely was not, I was not cut out to be a male model for mm. the rest of my life, but that <laughs> was kind of my introduction to fashion. And, um, I always loved the creative side of it. I loved watching people bring products to life, but I didn't like being in front of the camera. I was always thinking I'd find a way to be on the other side of things. Oh, very so cool. the, the, the process of starting a, a line of clothing just sounds, I don't know anything about it. It's if I feel like it'd be daunting. It feels like an, an industry that you enter and there's a huge fail rate. Um, is any of that true? What does that look like? Like, how do you start your own clothing company? You know, it's funny. Um, 
that brings back us kind of just a memory of trying to raise money to start an apparel brand, which was next to impossible because it does have such a high failure rate. It's kind of like your buddy saying like, I'm going to start a band. We're going to be the next big thing. And <laughs> you know, will you give me some money <laughs> to support me? It's, it's just a very challenging industry. Um, I think partly because there's no barriers to entry. I mean, anybody can go and mm -hmm. buy some t-shirt blanks, go to a screen printer, print a logo and say, Hey, I have a clothing brand. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had a couple of failed, I, I guess I hate using the word failed, but I had a couple learning of experiences. couple of learning experiences in the apparel business. Um, when I got back from modeling, I was, um, I had started a financial consulting and recruiting company and in San Diego and it was fairly successful. And had a little bit of extra free time. And, um, I started uh, a couple different brands with some different local artists and designers. Um, cause I always loved the space and both of them didn't really ever go anywhere, but I learned a ton about what it takes to make clothes about the manufacturing process and the side, that side of things, which is very complicated. Um, there was a lot more in it than I had anticipated. Um, but I think, you know, that's kind of where I got my start in apparel was just you know, messing around, um, going to LA on the weekends and I'd buy a bunch of fabric and we'd take it down to a local, um, pattern maker and we'd make up a couple of different patterns and then we'd take it to the cutter. And I just learned that whole cycle kind of organically made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, but, uh, were you working at the time to support yourself or were you fully invested? Yeah. Yeah. I was working, um, my first job out of the modeling days uh, was at Ernst & Young. Um, I studied accounting in school oh, okay. and I went to work for a big CPA firm. And um, that was just really um, a lot of, a lot of hours. It was, it was a My buddy hated it, dude. Same exact company too. <laughs> yeah. He comes straight out of school and I remember we lived together and he'd come home and he was just like, dude, uh, this is, especially your first few years, right? When you're working at a company like that, you're just like the photocopy guy forever and just long, long ass hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a grind. Like I'd never worked so many hours in my life, but you know, I honestly look back on those days and I would definitely recommend anybody that wants to go into entrepreneurship, like starting at a CPA firm is one of the best kind of just <laughs> battlegrounds, you know, you just, you just like sharpen your sword on so many oh, other man. people's businesses and learning how they do things and what to, you know, what to avoid. Mm. Um, it, it's a really valuable experience that I'm super stoked I did it, but you know, it lasted two years and I was ready to go. But during that time, um, you know, we, my, a girlfriend and I, in my early twenties, we kind of started this little apparel brand on the side and, you know, it's just trying to, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, and, and I'm always down to test new things. I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, I would pass along to any entrepreneurs, just like, just try new things, like get into it, you know, like feel it out, see if it works for you. Was this your first time uh, attempting to open or start your own business? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first time. Wow. So you're not, you're an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> Only because most people, entrepreneurs go through several uh, yeah, you know, companies and attempts before they, they succeed. Through, right. Oh, are you saying, you're saying Viore, is Viore my first? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Viore would it be my first would it be my fourth? Yeah. See, that's more uh -huh, like it. Uh -huh. yeah, what was okay. your first? So my first was a clothing company called Sammy Joe. Uh, it was a women's contemporary line. I didn't know anything about the fashion industry, but I'd just come back from Milan. I was dating a designer and she was graduating from school and, um, 
you know, was debating going to work for one of the bigger fashion brands. And, you know, she also had this itch to start her own thing. And I was like, let's just do our own thing. We can do this. Like I had tons of confidence, really ignorant, had no idea what it entailed, but I was like, let's do it. Let's get into it. And that was what brought me to LA and, you know, all the different fabric stores and the dye houses and the cutting shops and all that kind of What's stuff. What's the mental state that, that, you know, what is it that made you say like, let's do that? Cause you, like you said, you didn't know. You didn't know that it was going to be a difficult or it can be one of those things that where the odds are really low. Like what is the mental state that, that puts you there where you want to go and try these things and put your neck out there? Like what is it about that? Because entrepreneurs seem to have that in common, but how, how do you quantify that? Like what do, what do you feel when you do that? I mean, for me, there's no other way to live. I've, I've always just enjoyed pushing myself. Like I feel like I want to go to the top of every mountain and I want to go to the bottom of the sea and experience it all in between. And, you know, entrepreneurship is just one channel for kind of, you know, experiencing that and living that in your life. Um, you know, athletics is another one, but, um, you know, for me, it all started when I was really young and you know, I was raised in a really unique family. Um, my dad was the first licensed acupuncturist in the state of Washington. And, um, my mom studied native American spirituality and, um, you know, led vision quests. Um, so I just, I grew up in a really dynamic, interesting family that was just not status quo at all. And so I think that that ingrained within me, a, a sense of just like, get out there and just, you know, don't really be different. Sub- yeah. Be different or don't subscribe to now. Did you, you know. rebel and become like a hardcore conservative? Like, you know, <laughs> like mom and dad, I'm going to church right now. And I don't, yeah. I didn't go that direction, but I definitely like, I felt a little bit torn because all my buddies, you know, I grew up playing football. I was a really competitive athlete and, um, and all my buddies, whenever they'd come over to my house, they'd be like, dude, where's the Coke or the Pepsi? And I'd be like, no, nah, man, we got tofu and uh, <laughs> bean know, sprouts. Yeah, yeah, bean sprouts. So it was like, you know, I always was challenged by that, like feeling like a little bit out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I rebelled in the sense that, you know, I kind of just wanted to surround myself by people that just had normal American families. And, um, and it wasn't until I got to be about 30 years old that I really looked back and really appreciated the way I was brought up and, and how different my family was. Cause I think it ingrained within me a sense of like, mm-hmm. screw it, like get out there and be different. Just be you. What, do, what are some of the, the do's and don'ts to starting up an apparel line? Because we have a, and I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with this or not, but you know, I come from this bodybuilder background in men's physique. I competed and stuff which is where a lot, they get a lot of these models on magazines. And one of the popular things to do is to, you know, build some somewhat of a social media presence. And then everybody th- thinks that building a clothing line off of that is like, like the, it's the natural progression. It's like the natural progression. Yeah. And I've seen so many fail. Uh, I tried three myself over since I was a kid. I wanted to do it. Failed at all of them. In fact, when Mind Pump started to really explode, I remember that was this was one of the things that we all debated. And you know, Justin and I both have done apparel a couple of times. And mm-hmm. you know, we looked at the rest of the guys. And we're like, we're not doing apparel. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, this is not our this, this yeah. is not our expertise. Yeah. Let's do what we do. And it was tough because we had so many people that were asking uh, for that for uh, from us, uh-huh. and uh, we just uh, just had no desire to do it because of how challenging it is. What are some of the things that you learned in your failures and leading up to where you're at now of like the just the, do, the do's and the don'ts, man? Well, I think I underappreciated how much work um, goes into it and how much experience um, really helps. You know, I think it's, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, 
I think that not having had any experience working in the apparel industry was such a blessing because if I had been working, say in mm. design for, you know, you, and you name the company, you know, maybe you see like a little corner of the page, you know, whereas like for somebody like me who comes at it as like a kind of a hack and saying like, I've never worked in the apparel industry before. I didn't know what it took. And therefore I took the first step. I think if I had just seen that corner of the page, I would have said, man, to, to do that rest of the page, I don't know what, like, I don't know how to do that. And therefore I might feel a little bit limited by that. So I think, I think, you know, on that side of things, not having that experience, that ignorance was a blessing because it, it, it helped me to take that first step. But you know, the one thing that I, I think I see a lot of people that enter the apparel business where they go wrong is, is not surrounding themselves with the right people. Um, you know, when I, in my first two brands, um, I was working alongside people that didn't have experience in the apparel industry. And this, this time I took a different route. You know, my first partner, um, who's now our VP of marketing came from uh, a brand called Prana before that she was with globe and OP, but you know, she had built, um, you know, and, and been through a lot of growth with different apparel brands. Um, our designer that I brought on early, um, had experience building great brands and designing for some world-class brands in surf and, um, athletic. And so I think being surrounded by people that, that had experience doing it before, was just an eye-opening experience for me. Um, but it's like that old adage, like surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. You know, in this case, I think bringing on people that had built apparel brands before and had experience in branding and experience in design and product development, you know, that was such a difference for us. So I didn't have to make all the common, you know, pitfalls and mistakes that, that maybe somebody would make um, that didn't have that. Is experience. there a lot of differences for someone who's doing like a direct to consumer versus trying to do a brick and mortar type of play? that you you make different decisions based off Ab- of? Absolutely. I mean, the wholesale business, the, the way that the apparel industry used to work was, you know, you would make a set of samples, you'd take it out to, you know, show the, the wholesale account. Maybe that's, let's use Nordstrom as an example. So you'd have your samples, you'd take it to Nordstrom, you'd say, hey, do you like these? You know, do you want to buy them? Let's say they give you a purchase order. You would then go back and make them, make that product for them. So you'd ship it to them, call it six months later. You know, that really with the advent of the internet is really flipped on its head. And now, you know, you don't want to take that much time in development. You want to bring something to market quicker. So as a D to C brand, you can really develop something, buy inventory and bring it to market and get feedback really quick and learn from your customer with a direct relationship mm-hmm. and figure out what works. Like, what do they like? What do they not like? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a really I don't want to say a rocky start, but you know, when we launched our business, we definitely used that interaction with customers to make some big pivots along the way that led to our success. You know, when we, when we, within that first year, we were on a path towards going out of business is a strong word, but we were definitely running out of money and, and we needed to change some things about what we were doing, um, in order to kind of come through and see the other Mm -hmm. side. What are some of the biggest challenges you've encountered? doing this? Well, the biggest challenge, you know, just to kind of follow up on what I was just saying was, um, really aligning, you know, first of all, I'd say, you know, finding that product market fit, right. And, and a lot of that comes down to also how you communicate and, and, and share what your product is. You know, when we started the business, we knew that there was about 6 million guys in the United States practicing yoga, right. And we knew Viore would always be a little bit more than a yoga brand, but yoga was a great niche starting point. And they always say like, you know, find a real sport specific, um, 
find find a an end use that's very clear, very specific, and that's a great jumping off point. And so that's what we did. We knew well, that's that- a good point. So find like one like okay, here's our 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 clothing line. It's for soccer players or whatever. Start there, and then from there you can go into you create that avatar. Ahead general, of time, I know you so, said you don't yeah, want to bring tar- up the, the the L word, but that's what Lulu I think did. Hundred percent. I'd say probably. 80% of the women that I know that wear Lulu don't do yoga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. so. Well, I always say yoga was exploding in the U.S., but I'm like, what came first? Was it was it the practice itself that was gaining popularity, or was it Lululemon became so popular as a fashion statement that they inspired other oh, people to try yoga? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good. That's a, that's a good uh, a discussion. Is what came first? I I don't know if it was because um, yoga was nowhere near as popular as it is now. I mean, it's it's such a buzz term now, and it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. I don't. I remember being a trainer early on. It wasn't something that people talked about that much. Not like you do now. No, there's yeah. definitely a distinct style too that goes around. You know, the, the clothing that surrounds it or whatever. Yeah. Was that your original? And that's obviously your original. Like, this is what we're going to work yeah. into. Yeah. So, to answer your question about our biggest challenge, you know, we saw this massive market, six million guys. And just to put it into perspective, there's only four million guys that surf in the United States. And look at how many brands are competing oh, for that shit. customer. Yeah. Wow. Quicksilver, Billabong, yeah. Rip Curl. I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on. There's about 50 of them. You know, with yoga, there was none. Lulu was focused a little bit on the space, but men's was predominantly an afterthought. And so, our first I was brilliant dude our, our first like learning um experience was you know i feeling that that there was this big untapped market and so when we launched um our website and we started speaking to customers we were really going after that that targeted end use of men's yoga you know is this this finally this this cool product for guys that were interested in yoga and you know we got some traction but we recognized that that it wasn't we hadn't defined an engine of growth that was going to propel us forward and lead to you know another round of funding to really get out of the gates and so we knew that we had to pivot and so you know, I, I hate using the word again, like it, it wasn't really a failure or a mistake, but it was, it was definitely, um, you know, a moment where I was losing a lot of sleep. You could ask my wife, I mean, she was going through it with me, but I was, I was, you know, I was freaked out. You know, I had this vision, this dream for this brand and I saw it so clearly. I was like, I know this thing's going to work. I can see what it looks like 10 years from oh, now. It torments you. It was, tor- I know, it was I know exactly tor- what that's like. It was tormenting. And, um, and so we started asking people, we were like, guys, okay, you bought the product. It was really simple to reach out to customers who had bought the product. And we'd ask them, what do you guys use this for? Like, wh- what do you like about it? What do you hate about it? Like, what what other products are you wearing? How does it compare? And what was so interesting was like, yoga wasn't the top thing. It wasn't even the second or the third. Like, oh, wow. yoga was like the fifth thing that people were buying the product for. Number one was running. Um Number two, I think, was going to the gym. I think number three was like chasing your kids around the house or something like that. Yeah. And um, and I think number four or five was yoga. And so that really opened our eyes. And, and we started to think about ourselves. You know, I was like, you know, I, I've been practicing. I've had a 10-year yoga practice and a 10-year meditation practice. And so I was like, okay, this is a real, this is an opportunity to really like learn, right? And learn about myself and, and look inward. And, you know, what I recognized was like, okay, I'm, I am the Viore customer, but I'm like, if somebody was speaking to me and, and, um, presenting, um, call it a quote unquote men's yoga brand, would that be of interest to me? You know, as a guy who's practicing almost daily. And the answer was really no, you know, like I, I love yoga and I love the practice, not only for its physical, but also its spiritual benefits. But, you know, I'm also a surfer. 
I run, I train, you know, I, I ski, I, I just love to live a very diverse, active life. And I think that yoga specific participation was just a little bit limiting for mm-hmm. me. So as soon as we like started opening the aperture, so to speak, and talking about multiple end use and speaking to the versatility of the gear and allowing the customer to kind of make the decision and figure it out for themselves, we really started to take off. And mm-hmm. that's where we defined that engine for growth. We, we had that recipe that we could take back to the market to go raise another round of capital. And that's when everybody started taking notice of the brand and, you know, some, some great wholesale partners came along and, um, you know, I, what are some strategies you use to get that kind of feedback from your customers? Because I know that like today with, you know, social media, with email marketing, all these types of different, uh, options, that's like such a powerful tool that like new businesses really need to pick up on. 100%. I mean, now this, this is the, the day and age of direct communication with your customers through social media, um, through email marketing. Um, you know, so we just, I think we used a free, maybe it was survey monkey and it was free. Mm-hmm. You know, we had an email database of people that had bought from us in the past and we literally just created a little survey. Um, you know, we thought about what are the things we want to know about our customers? We sent it out to everybody that had bought from us and we got a representative sample back that gave us enough data to really feel confident that we, we, you know, so we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show and you're saying now you pivoted in terms of who the end user was. What does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Like, does it mean your advertising changes? Does it mean you or the type of apparel? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So the coolest thing that was really encouraging was that everybody loved the product. So it wasn't a product issue. Like everybody loved the product. It was just the voice. It was the communication that we were using. So it was really just a matter of changing our advertising to go after, um, you know, just speaking to guys Mm -hmm. differently. We didn't even change our audience, um, at all. So it wasn't that we were going after different guys. It was that we were speaking to to the same guys. Yeah. We were just talking to them differently. Oh, wow. Whose idea was the tub, the frozen tub getting out, you getting out of that on the, on the website. (laughs) That was Nikki. That's our VP of marketing. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. I mean, that was one of the things right away. The fact that you had that, I was like, Oh shit, that's crazy. We're looking for one of those right now. (laughs) You know, on his website, they have the, the, the tub and he's, he's cracking out of it. He's getting into it in the morning time. Yeah. I just, I think the, your brand speaks to just a, someone, who's into an active lifestyle mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, the thing is like I've worn uh you know yoga gear for men like Lululemon stuff. It's very comfortable, high quality. It just doesn't and I'm I'm <laughs> sure a lot of people can echo this. It doesn't feel masculine. It doesn't no. feel masculine mm-hmm. enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's almost like it's like girls' clothes turned into men's clothes almost. It's hugging my ass too much. It's, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So in in your stuff it's got a, it's got the you know, it's got that the yoga feel, I guess, or the comfort and well, the you're, quality, you're, but it's very masculine. You were going after yeah. men. I mean, you have a women's line too, but yeah. you were going after men first, right? Yeah. That was your intention. Yeah. So. We launched as a men's brand. Women's has come along more recently, but yeah, we launched as a men's brand. Yeah. You know, Lululemon, they're so smart. If you think about what was happening in the athletic apparel space before Lululemon launched, it was dominated by big box retailers like Dick Sporting Goods, Sports Authority, Sports Chalet. Mm-hmm. And it was really a race for the bottom with the big brands that we grew up with. You know, as a kid competing, you know, playing sports and football, it's like I wanted to be the next Walter Payton. He was like my idol. And, you know, the Nikes and the Under Armors, they were speaking to me, right? Mm-hmm. But as a guy who's in my 30s, you know, 
I'm just the, the that messaging isn't as relatable. Mm-hmm. And you know, the product quality was really in a race for the bottom. They were really in the United States market, we were really they were they were competing on price. Mm-hmm. And then you had a brand like Lulu came in and started working with materials that cost two, three times much more had a much higher degree of comfort, performance, stretch. They just worked better. The construction was so next level and it worked. I mean, they were charging two, three, four times as much for the product, but it was working. You know, so they they really paved the way and created this category. But, you know, to your guys' point, it always felt like it was my girlfriend or my wife's brand. You know, right. it didn't really feel like it was for me. No, anyway. no. And people now uh, where we workout clothes now become, it wasn't that long ago where workout clothes were only worn for, if you're home by yourself on the weekend or whatever, right. or you now know it's like you're working out, coffee, it's fashionable now. Now it's becoming fashionable, yeah. exactly. And so, and for men, a fashionable workout clothes is just a t-shirt and jeans because we're not. There's really sweats. If you wear sweats all the time, I mean, we're trainers, so we kind of get away with it. But you start to not look, you know, like oh, come on, put some <laughs> put some jeans <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. Or Take care of yourself. So, yeah. but your but the stuff you guys make is really high quality, and like you can wear it all the time. It's not just... That was our whole philosophy. It was built to move and styled for life. And it was all about bringing this kind of new aesthetic, this new perspective to men's performance apparel. Um, you know, we're all surfers. We're from the beach and, you know, we were living in board shorts and wearing board shorts to the gym. And so we wanted to just bring this more casual West Coast vibe and DNA mm. into men's active. And, you know, if you think about a lot of these brands, these men's athletic brands have been more inspired by urban and street culture. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Viore is inspired by the beach and our backyard and where we're from. And so it's just a different look and feel, but every material, everything we make is with the best quality materials on the planet. I mean, we're working right. with the best textile companies, the best factories, you know, we're building products that that's made to last. Um, it has a different aesthetic a different look and feel from everything it's great man i mean i grew up in santa cruz and so you know i've you know very much immersed in surf culture and like i would wear brands and stuff but always felt like such a poser because i don't surf you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like perfect because you know it's finally something that's like I, i'm into training i'm into lifting you know i'm into you know that whole world being active and uh, but yeah, it still has that kind of an aesthetic that, yeah. uh, you know, all these other like awesome brands I've worn before. So. Did you have, did you have some like moments in the last three, four years that were like major pivotal moments for the business where, you know, I tell people this all the time, like when scaling a business, you tend to have this, like you're grinding, 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 and everything kind of seems the same. And then you get like this nice little spike that yeah. you did something that just, it came together and then you grind, 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 grind. And then you see another, have you had pivotal moments like that in this? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I give a lot of praise to REI for, for having the vision and foresight to bring us on early as a partner. Um, but REI, you know, they were looking at the men's fitness concept and they wanted to, you know, experiment with some emerging brands and do something, bring in some product that not everybody had. So they brought in Viore alongside a handful of other emerging brands and some legacy brands. And, um, they merchandised this in, I think it was 10 or 11 stores and we were excited about it, but also scared and, um, did well. Yeah, we got data back. We were the number one performing brand in that incubator program. No shit. Wow. Sitting alongside, you know, some really, you know, top brands that we aspired to. And we, you know, some of our favorite brands, we were like, wow, we're hanging with these guys, man. Nice. That had to be exciting. And that was the moment that we were like, okay, we like, got something. We got something. Yeah. Like, this is going to work. What yeah. does that process look like? How do you even get in front of REI to, to look at your stuff? Do you just, did you have to like hammer their phones or were they? <laughs> no, you know, it happened really organically for us. And, you know, I believe, 
you know, this is a little hokey pokey, but I believe that business is just energy. And when you hire and align a team and everybody's swimming in the same direction, everybody has the same vision, you know, things like this just start to happen, you know? And, but for us, you know, the, the way it all went down is, you know, our head of marketing came from, um, a brand that sells pretty big at REI and, um, a friend of hers had left and gone to REI. So we just sent them a package of product, um, when we first got our, our first product drop and we just sent them some gear and said, hope you like it, just enjoy it. And we did a lot of that sending product out to people that, you know, were up to different things. And, uh, we didn't hear anything back. I mean, he obviously gave us a thumbs up and said, thanks, but maybe I think it was a year later. Um, we got a call from the buyer at REI and, um, it turned out she was, she had connected with that guy and, um, said, Hey, I'm looking for something new in men's athletic wear. Do you, do you know of anything? And he says, as a matter of fact, he said, some of my friends down in Encinitas have launched this really cool brand. I love it. I wow. wear it all the time and you should give them a call. Hmm. And that's how it happened. It just goes to show yeah. like one of the things about business that's always difficult, I think to learn for some people is you, you think of the big things that you could do that seem obvious, but sometimes it's these little chance meetings or, you know, there's, there's a term that they use in sale called, uh, always be closing ABC, always be closing. And people, a lot of times people, I, I would teach my salespeople that, and they, they would be confused as what that means. What I, what, what it really means is it's all these little encounters, all these little things that you do that can turn into big things. So treat every encounter like it's, like it's a big one. Yeah. You know, when you get that guest who you think, oh, this person's not going to get, you know, buy what I want or whatever, treat them like they will. You never know what it can turn into. It looks like that's what, that's what happened with you guys with, yeah. with that particular. Now, are yeah. we going to be the first podcast that you guys do anything with? Have you done anything with the podcast yet at all? Uh, we did one podcast over the phone. This is my first time in studio. Fellas. Okay, cool. So yeah. I'm pretty stoked. Who was the other podcast you guys did something with before? Oh gosh. We're probably way Put better than the they spot. are. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. We're not competitive at all. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because one of the things, so part of what Taylor represents for us, the business is I'm excited. He looks specifically for brands like yours, for brands that really align with the same demographic as ours, something that we need right now, which is apparel, because we've been getting so many people wanting it, but we haven't wanted to just pair with any fucking brand. We'd rather work with somebody who I think aligns with our message. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I think you guys are going to be surprised uh, at the response that you see from our community, because I really think that the brand aligns. There's a really- lot of pent up uh, oh, uh, demand yeah. there for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what it looks like, man. Excellent. So mo- moving forward, what are some of the, fo- the, the future goals for you guys? Like, what are you looking to do? So we're going to keep focusing on doing what we do. You know, it's all about the product in our business. So, you know, we spend a lot of time just, we're product Nazis. We just, we make it, we wear it, we test it, we put it through the grind and um, it's going to continue to be a product focused brand. But, um, you know, as far as kind of strategic growth, how we're going to do it, um, you know, the e-commerce business has always been a big part of it. Mm -hmm. It's really what got us out of the gates. And it wasn't until we built a customer base that the wholesale guys wanted to come and talk to us. And so that's one thing that, you know, if anybody's listening, that's in entrepreneurship, it's like, sometimes you got to build it before they come. And that was our case. Like we had to go out and build the customer base. Nobody wanted this, you know, we were like, we've got this men's athletic, athletic apparel brand. They were like, we don't even, we haven't even started thinking about women's yet. Like you guys, we don't, we don't have space for you. Mm-hmm. Like not the right time. So we built a customer base and then they came knocking. So we're going to keep focusing on our direct business, but now we've got this incredible wholesale business. We're sold in over 650 doors across the country. Wow. REI is, you know, one of our larger partners. We just launched a business with Nordstrom. We're excited about that, but we sell, 
across a lot of different outdoor specialty stores, a lot of yoga studios, core power yoga and yoga works being two of the bigger ones. Um, a lot of gyms like Equinox. So we're going to keep focusing on the wholesale business. And we're what we're really excited about is we have a, a flagship retail store in Encinitas and it's really become more of like a community hub. Um, we launched the Viore Active Club where we're doing boot camp workouts and yoga classes. We bring in local and emerging artists um, and we do art shows and have great little parties. And, you know, it's just become this cool little community hub in Encinitas. And um, so we're looking to expand our retail footprint um, with Viore Retail Store. Oh, we gotta well, get so. we gotta get down there for one of those. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. I love awesome. yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, it'd be cool to do like a little seminar or something like that for you guys down there. We'd love to have you guys down. Any uh, really cool. any pieces of apparel that um, just outperformed that you weren't didn't was blew you away? Like, oh shit, I did this vest and it was fucking crazy. <laughs> anything like that happen? <laughs> the yoga oh, vest. <laughs> yeah, the yoga I'm vest. Cool. Or anything? Or did anything <laughs> yeah. flop that you were excited about? Like, is there is? I mean, I'm, this has got to happen, God, right? There's got to well, be pieces that you put out there and you think are going to be awesome. And then you're like, what the fuck? Nobody liked yeah. it. Well, I think the biggest, like one of the learnings that I've had along the way is that you got to build a clothing brand in stages. And, you know, especially nowadays, like you only get one message to a customer, right? So for us, when we launched, it was all about the men's short. We were like, we were like, okay, if you go to the gym, you can wear an old cotton t-shirt, but, but you got to have something that works as a short. And so we approached the, the business as a shorts business first and foremost. Okay. And so our core short was kind of, we say one short every sport, but it's our most versatile athletic short. It's built with a cool max liner. So it wicks moisture, keeps you dry and comfortable, has four way stretch. It's just a great everyday short and it transitions really well. So you can throw it on, wear it to a cafe or go meet a friend for a drink at a bar. Um, and so the core short was really our foundation that we built upon and then the banks. But, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, approaching your business almost as an item driven business at first is smart because when you're looking to acquire customers online, you can't talk to them about 30 pieces of clothes. You got to speak to them about why they want to give you a shot and and you got to lead with your best. So for us, it was all about the shorts. We were like, we got the banks, which doesn't have a liner and goes in and out of the water really well. It's built with antimicrobial properties, four-way stretch. We got the core short um, and a few others. And it was like, that was our little staple at the beginning. And then since I think every once in a while we get really fired up to bring something new to market that we love but our customers are just still like on our shorts, yeah. you know? So we've definitely had that, those moments where we're like, man, we got this rad new jacket, you know? And we're like, jackets haven't done super well. What's fun now is like, we're in our fourth year of business and now our, we've got this loyal customer base and they trust us now. So they've tried our shorts. They've maybe tried a top and now they're moving into jackets and sweats and pants. And so it's, it's really fun now, but it's taken almost four years to get the trust of the customer to, to, you know, have permission to build a more full rounded collection. And, um, and so, yeah, there's been a lot of misses along the way for when, sure. <laughs> when did you start doing this full time? Cause I know when you first started, you were working. Well, I was working on the first one, but you know, with this iteration of Viore, cause it's actually the second iteration. The first one was a little, um, graphic T line that we called Viore. But, um, this one, I went all in right off the, right off the bat. Mm. Um, you know, that's one thing that, the apparel business has so many moving parts. There's so much work to do. And, um, you know, I knew that if it was going to become what I wanted it to become, I, I was going to have to jump in with two. Was feet that scary? And, oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really scary. Yeah. I, I, I asked that because that's such a big, yeah. I, sometimes I feel like that's what makes the difference. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, 
you 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 tr- you're trying to be safe. Oh, I remember and start a business, and then it's hundred percent. When you jump in full all the way, it's like it changes everything. I remember when we were first transitioning from. So this started all in Doug's living room, then it transitioned into a little three four hundred square foot studio, and then now the big studio we're in now. And I remember telling these guys uh, before we transitioned here, I was really pushing us to go when we weren't ready because we were wait. Everyone was waiting till we all had nice salaries. It's like, <laughs> no, dude, like let's go now when it's scary. Because if it's scary, yeah. I know I'll get the best out of everybody. Whereas <laughs> yeah. if like everyone's comfortable with salaries moving into this project, I feel so. Yeah, I think there is something to be said about putting yourself all the way out there like that with that risk where you have to survive. You know, absolutely. You know, and you got to be smart about it. You know, you don't want to jump too quick, but. For me, it was like, this is something I'd always wanted to do. It was a moment in time where I had a staffing company that I exited and had enough savings where I could scrape things by and, you know, wasn't married, didn't have a kid. Were you date? Were you with your wife at the time or were you single? We had started dating about a year in uh-huh. um, to Viore. So a year after you went yeah. all in? Yeah. Were you, were you broke or were you... Uh, did you <laughs> I was definitely coming up Going on the Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So you met her before you had... Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, see? Right. You know you got a good right one. Yeah, you got exactly. a good one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's Excellent. Great. That's well, great. cool, man. Well, we're excited to, to work with you guys. I mean, you're, you're stuff is very 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 high quality yeah you know apparel it just really is it's really nice stuff we, we had got to work out uh in it in tampa yeah we yeah. did we got the samples from taylor i put it on I'm like holy shit this is really nice stuff. Yeah, i'm super comfortable i'm rocking a shirt right now i mean it's comfort it's for sure uh some of my favorite gear i have now so we're pumped man awesome. I'm, we're really really pumped about the brand so i can't wait to see what we create and what we do later on yeah Dude, man thanks I, for coming on the show absolutely love what you guys have built right with on. mind pump we're super stoked and by the way for any of your listeners that want to try any of our gear, um, vioriclothing.com slash mindpump. There's a special offer. Perfect. Cool. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.